Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my coworker Jacob Schrader. How are you doing today, Jacob? Doing good. Uh, it's it's a bloodbath in my fantasy football league for the final two, maybe three playoff spots. Everybody's tied at the bottom, including myself. So I need to win. If I win, I'm in. But I play the eleven and one team this week. So ah, uh, it's always it's always with the matchup you don't want is the matchup when you're looking to get into the playoffs. I always feel like that. Yeah, I mean, this guy basically has the Bills roster. He's got Josh Allen. He's got Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, the Bills defense. And then he's got, uh, I can't remember his name, number 13 on the Bills. Oh, Gabe Davis. Yeah. So he's stacked. Oh, he's got Singletary, too. It's crazy. He's literally rocking the Bills team. Well, I guess it's not a bad team to rock. I One of them are, are definitely going to produce every week. I've never been a fan of drafting multiple guys on the same team. I understand like a quarterback receiver duo. Like if you had Joe Burrow to go with Jamar Chase, that's one thing. Or if you had the Matt Stafford and Cooper cup, but when you have like the quarterback, the running back, the tight end, the wide receiver, it's it's too much. Yeah. It limits your, your limits, your potential. You know, there's only three or four touchdowns per game. And, uh, you know, it, 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 I think quarterback running back is tough to sell, right? Those two generally, if one does well, the other one's seeing less yardage. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into our episode. We have a special episode today for everyone. We're going to have not necessarily a post-mortem on the season, but as we are headed toward the playoffs, kind of a look back similar to what we did a few weeks ago for our fantasy football Thanksgiving special where we talked about surprises, disappointments. Well, Jacob and I are going to revisit our own team, our own fantasy draft, our waiver wire pickups, and just really determine where we went wrong, where we went right and all that. And I don't know about you, Jacob, but even though I'm eight and five in my league and I'm in second place in my division. So I'm pretty much a lock to make the playoffs as long as I don't blow it in this week. And I'm going up against the last place team. So I better not blow it. But I feel like I have more regrets than bonuses. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I should never have drafted some of the players I drafted. I did an okay job of picking up people during the season, but I got to say my start set was not where it usually was. Normally, I have a good good taste of who's doing well. And, I mean, Clyde Edwards, Edwards Alaire burned me. Leonard Fournette and, and Rashad White have burned me a little bit. It's uh, I haven't haven't been as efficient as I, I could have been. So I'm sitting at six and seven. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, the playoffs does change everything. I remember three years ago, I was first place in my league the entire year. I think I only had two losses going into the playoffs. And then just like that, at the beginning of this, uh, the beginning of the start of playoffs, I lost my top wide receiver and my top running back for the remainder of the playoffs and I was out in the first round and any other year I would have been a lock to win it all. So you never know what can play out. Injuries obviously hurt us a lot. I will say over the years, I've been pretty patient with my team. I'm not one that just drops a guy after they have one bad star. I usually I'll hang on to them for a few weeks, but I will, I will say I did make a few mistakes this year, but let's start with going all the way back to the fantasy draft, all the way back to August or first week of September for some people when we first had our fantasy draft. Jacob, what looking back at the draft, what was the biggest fan, fantasy mistake you had in that draft? 
Yeah, so looking at my team, um, I had the 10th overall draft spot. I took Mixon and Fournette, and I would say both of those are okay picks, right? Yeah. Obviously, I could have taken uh, better players. Like, I could have taken Josh Jacobs. I could have taken Saquon Barkley. But those have been solid running backs. And then it, it gets a little worse. So Keenan Allen and Mike, Michael Pittman, I think we're both good picks. You know, Keenan Allen, you can't control the injuries. But then I went eight wall and I drafted Elijah Mitchell, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Allen Robinson, and Damian Harris. And all four of those guys are now dropped from my roster. Um, so my mid-round running back picks, I don't know. You know, drafting Elijah Mitchell, everyone's saying he, he's got injuries. And then Clyde was you kind of knew what the Clyde situation was. You kind of knew the chiefs didn't want to start him. He'd been there for a while. He'd never done anything. So my biggest regret is, is not taking bona fide starters at the running back position uh, a little bit later in the draft. Like my, my fringe running backs were really bad. Yeah. I would say with mine, I had a good start to my draft. I had, I believe I had the eighth overall pick if I'm not mistaken or the ninth. I was one of those. And I, de- I drafted Devontae Adams was my first pick. So I struck gold there. My second pick, because it was a quick turnaround, I drafted Dalvin Cook. And then Nick Chubb was my third overall, was my third personal pick. So I started out pretty well. I have both running backs. I've started the entire year. Dalvin Cook maybe hasn't had the best year, but he still has had some solid weeks. Devontae Adams, I can't complain with Devontae at all. Maybe one or two weeks he really didn't perform, but otherwise he's been solid. But then my next two picks, my fourth and my fifth pick, I went heavy on wide receiver and I really drafted wide receivers that I personally thought were going to have breakout years. And those were Allen Robinson and DJ Moore. Both guys just let me down. Allen Robinson, I don't think has had one good week his entire season with the Rams. He's now on injured reserve. He's long gone from my roster. DJ Moore, and I'll get to him a little later, but the first four or five weeks, DJ Moore was non-existent. And to be at, in my second wide receiver role, he was hurting me a lot because I couldn't play Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson wasn't getting the targets. And DJ Moore, just with Baker Mayfield, wasn't doing anything. So I eventually had to make a lot of roster adjustments, especially when Don- Devontae Adams had the buy and pick up some wide receivers that really only lasted on my team for a week or two. So I would say I did very well with running backs. I scored Damian Pierce in one of the later rounds. He's been my flex for the majority of the season. So I would say I just, I totally missed the boat on wide receivers. What about your fantasy draft steal, Jacob? Was there a particular player you got in a certain round or you got later on in the draft that people really weren't looking at that you think was a big steal for your team? Yeah, you know, unfortunately he got injured recently, but Zach Ertz was everything I thought he was going to be. I mean, I drafted him 91st overall. And I mean, that's like tight end 15 or 14. Uh, he, he was electric. He was like six receptions, 40 yards and, and a third of a touchdown each game. Uh, he He's a guy I love for fantasy. I actually drafted him when he was in Philly. I drafted him the year he went off uh, and became a bona fide superstar. I probably didn't draft him the next year, but I always had a soft spot for Zach Ertz. They call him no yak Zach, but all I need is those receptions. And, and that's what he gave me. I mean, I'm in a really tough spot now. But uh, for for half of the season, I mean, that dude was top three tight end. Yeah, he was one of my steals too, especially in a year where tight ends really, unless you have Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, maybe you could throw TJ Hawkinson in there. 
But this has been one of the worst years I've seen for tight ends. I know when we would do our stardom and sit every week, it was just these borderline fringe guys that no one really stood out. Zach Ertz was, I believe, a top three tight end until he got hurt. And he really was a guy, which tight end I always struggle with too because they're kind of an afterthought for me. But where I was able to to draft Zach Ertz as well in one of the later rounds, he really helped me out a lot. I can't really be totally mad at him because he, he did suffer a season-ending injury. And he was very good the time before. I'd say my other steal was probably Damian Pierce. He was one of my last picks. I don't have my draft up in front of me. For some reason, my ESPN is not working right now. But he, I believe, I got in the 13th or 14th round. So I really drafted him late. And like I said, besides week one and week two, he's been my flex the entire season. And he's just been really a consistent standout guy. So... I really can't complain with Damian Pierce at all. Is there Damian a guy? Really yeah, go ahead. What were you saying? I mean, he's he's been great. I meant to draft him seventy first overall, but I took Damian Harris instead, and that. Oh, was I remember game. that. Yeah, that was a tough one. I I know so many of those stories of people that just went to draft someone, but they had another guy in their queue, and it was like the biggest uh, regret ever. I remember a few years ago in one of my leagues. My friend went to draft in the second round and for some weird reason, I don't know if, if something happened with his, with his Wi-Fi or whatever, but he had Tevin Coleman in his queue and he ended up drafting Tevin Coleman in the second round who was dropped by week two. So <laughs> we definitely, everyone definitely has those oops moments where they draft someone that they don't want to. So unfortunately for you, it had to be, Damian Harris, who's really lost the starting job to Ramondre Stevenson. So that's that was a tough break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. All right. Let's move on to your biggest fantasy draft regret, Jacob. So who did you pass on or who did you hear a lot of buzz about and you just didn't buy? So you passed on them in the draft. And looking oh, back, God. you're like, why did I do that? So many. I mean, one guy I'll highlight is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was yeah. drafted – 48th in my league fifth round and I've always been a fan of Josh Jacobs ability but I guess I thought the Raiders were just going to be throwing the ball so much he'd never get get a chance and in past years it's been a little bit of a committee but I mean this dude is top three in the NFL right now in fantasy points as far as I know I mean he's been electric the last few weeks so he's the biggest guy I, I was high on and, and didn't pull the trigger on right I it looks like I he, he he probably got scooped right before I took Elijah Mitchell at 50. Um, but my biggest regret is Allen Robinson. Um, I mean, that guy, I think a lot of people have that big regret. I know you do as well. So that's yeah, I got my draft results back up now and everything. So I, I make a correction. Uh, Dalvin Cook was my first pick. I had the ninth overall pick. And then I got Devontae Adams right after that, after the spin around. Round three, I drafted DJ Moore very high in round three. And then I had Nick Chubb in round four. So I would say someone I passed on that I wasn't too high. Same thing. Just Josh Jacobs is definitely one of them. I just felt like last year he was too inconsistent. I thought the Raiders were going to be heavy with Devontae Adams, which they have been. And we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I don't like drafting wide receivers and running backs on the same team. So n- not really that he was that much of a regret. 
But I would say when I look at who I could have had besides D, when I drafted DJ Moore, Saquon Barkley went right after I could have. And he's my guy. I'm a New York Giants fan. The fact that I just wasn't sure about Saquon Barkley, granted, he was coming back from a serious injury again. The guy really hasn't had a healthy year since his rookie year. So the fact that I passed on Saquon Barkley and A.J. Brown went a spot after that before I drafted Nick Chubb. I could have had either Saquon or A.J. Brown, and both would have been phenomenally better than D.J. Moore. So the fact that I drafted D.J. Moore way too high and I just was too skeptical about my guy Barkley's injury history and I was skeptical about A.J. Brown and how he would do with Jalen Hurts because I wasn't too high in Jalen Hurts entering season. I would say those are two of my biggest fantasy draft regrets. Oh, that just yeah. Back. AJ Brown. You think of what could have been. <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy. You think if if you had perfect hindsight, you could have had four hundred fantasy fantasy points a week. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I know that too. This happened week one, especially a lot of people regretted drafting Cam Akers. Jacob, what happened to Cam Akers this year? Yeah, so surprisingly enough, I may be starting Cam Akers next week. Um, he's the lead running back on the Rams and they've got no offense besides him. So I, I think he's actually a solid start at this point in time, but you know, as a Rams fan, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I knew they liked Daryl Henderson and I have no idea why they dropped him. Uh, but they did. And, you know, it, it, with Matthew Stafford as a quarterback, your running game is not going to be, it's not going to be near the top of the league right now. Matthew Stafford has never had a good running game. It's because when the, the Rams or the Lions were doing well, it's when Stafford was was dropping back. And, you know, they would run the ball, but it was because of the play action. They kind of did it in the opposite order. Um, so I, I was never drafting Cam Akers. I mean, he was drafted so high. Yeah. Uh, it, it was ludicrous to me. But, you know, at this point in time, I'm actually saying he's a start. So it's yeah, crazy. He went, Cam Akers was. went round four in my league. He, he was the third pick in the fourth round. So that was what, let me do the math real quick. 10, 12, 30, 30. He was the 33rd overall pick. That's ridiculous. That Cam yeah, he was, third. He overall. was 27th in my league. Unreal. It, yeah, he he was a guy I wasn't particularly high on because I don't like drafting running backs that kind of have that, that, that share of snaps. It's one of the reasons at the beginning of the season, I stayed away from Javante Williams, who unfortunately did get injured the second game of the season, but I knew he was going to split time with, with Melvin Gordon, who was with the Broncos at the time. Broncos are just a mess. If you have anyone still on the Broncos team on your roster, I don't know why you still have them on your roster. Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton, Russell Wilson, none of those guys should be on your roster, but yeah, it, it was just ridiculous that Cam Akers went 33rd overall. So, but buyer's remorse, which leads me to my next question for you, Jacob. And who was your worst waiver wire ad? Like we look every week and I know you write a fantastic article every week of who they should, who everyone should target quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, even defensive streaming. But who was the one guy you were so high on that maybe had just one good week all year? You took the bait. You, you got him pretty high on the waiver wire and you just regretted doing it. Which guy? Yeah, was I think it's Melvin Gordon. And I actually drafted this guy and then released him and then picked him up again. Um, but he, I was so high in the Melvin Gordon hype train. I thought, you know, he's still got it. He's still a hard runner. The Broncos offense is not going to be as horrible as it has been. I, I thought Melvin Gordon was a league winner. 
when Javante Williams went down and he's not even on a team anymore. Uh, certainly not in, in fantasy as well. So that, that was, you know, horrible insight from me. I don't know. You're wrong. Sometimes you can't really help it. Yeah. I would say I fell into, well, this is a twofer. I fell into the Alec Pierce and the Paris Campbell hype. Both of them had stellar one weeks and then they just, they haven't done anything since. I know they're on a tough team with the Colts. It's either Matt Ryan or Sam Ellinger. They're going through coach after coach. Frank Reich got fired. You had Jeff Saturday come in. They don't know who's running that offense. But I focus too much on Indianapolis wide receivers, and none of them are consistent. When it's not Alec Pierce, when it's not when it's not Jelani Woods, when it's not Mo Alley Cox, it's it's not Paris Campbell. It's always someone different. And I feel bad for Michael Pittman owners because I was very high on Michael Pittman to start the season. He did have a stellar first week. Then he was injured week two, and he just kind of fell off after that. So I would say all the Indianapolis wide receivers were definitely my worst waiver wire ad. I don't really yeah. like waiver wire. It's just it, – it. I feel like you get too pressured every week, but I understand you have to do it. I mean, what 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 kind of format do you guys do, Jacob? Waiver wire? Do you have? Do you guys bid on your players? Do you have a salary, or do you just basically Ooh. do whatever the waiver wire order is? Can you have a salary? Yeah. So so I had this in my league a few years ago. I'm no longer in that league, but I'm going to propose in my league. I'm in now to bring that back next year. So we were given a hundred dollars for the season. Obviously, not real money. But you basically could bid on players from week to week. So you had to be strategic because if you wasted all your money the first few weeks, then you were screwed and you were just hoping the following weeks that no one picked up the guys that you wanted. So I personally liked that a lot better. I thought that there was more strategy. It wasn't so much of a chance. If you think even the first few weeks, maybe your team gets off to a hot start and then you're last on the waiver wire. So I personally liked having a salary for that one. I like that a lot. I, I will definitely make that for next year. Right now we have the traditional waiver wire where it's it's inverse of record. Um, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit weird because somehow I'm last on the waiver wire this week. I don't really know how that works because I'm certainly not in first place in the league. Um, but it is what it is. I do like that that bidding system. I like uh, you know salary drafts too. It, it just would take forever. Right. Yeah, so that's like a eight-hour affair. I've heard. Oh yeah, but it, you know, it's, it, especially when you have like a dynasty league, if that's the one time a year you and all your buddies are going to get together and do it, I I strongly advocate it. I do love in-person drafts. Unfortunately, I didn't get to do an in-person draft this year, but I feel like there's more camaraderie when you're doing it. There's a lot more shit talking, so I'm one that I'm all in favor of the in-person drafts. Absolutely. All right. Let's let's continue on the waiver wire, but who was the best guy you added, Jacob? Who did you get that you scored with on the waiver wire and they've just been great for you this season? Yeah, so it's two guys. It's Garrett Wilson and it's Christian Watkin, or Watson. Um, I got Christian Watson probably after he scored the first two touchdown week, and I've actually started him, I think, ever since, and he's been a godsend for me. I mean – you you kind of knew eventually he was going to develop chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, and it's just been so much better than anyone has expected. I mean, he's he's going to be one of those guys that when ESPN posts this statistics of which player is on the, the winning fantasy football rosters, he's going to be high up on that list. And I think Garrett Wilson will be too. Just perfect flex plays, right? You have your your starters that you drafted early, but you're always looking for a flex. Um, 
And those two guys have just been huge for me. I mean, if I get in the playoffs, they're going to be the reason why. Yeah, it's Justin Fields for me. And I wasn't high on Justin Fields all year. Then suddenly midseason, he decides to have a breakout and the Bears realize, oh, he can run better than he throws. So let's just tell him to run. I was able (laughs) to support Justin Fields and I really needed a quarterback because this was at a time where my quarterback, Justin Herbert, was struggling. He didn't have Keenan Allen. He didn't have Mike Williams. He wasn't putting up the numbers that he was used to. He really didn't have, he really hasn't had a great fantasy year. I know he's been better than most quarterbacks, but considering where I drafted him, I thought he would be a lot more consistent. I understand he dealt with an injury. He had to deal with receivers dealing with injuries. So I can't knock him too much, but Justin Fields definitely saved me. I went through a week, uh, a stretch where I had three straight losses. I was almost, I was maybe one game above 500. I really needed a spark. That was the week I picked up Justin Fields, and he's just been electrifying for me since. Unfortunately, he does have a bye week this week, so I'm going back to Justin Herbert. But Justin Fields definitely was number one for me. Oh yeah. All right, let's again stick with the waiver wire. And who was the one guy on your team that – and I, I foreshadowed this earlier – but who was the one guy that you dropped too early, too soon, and you just totally regretted it? Yeah, so this happened a little bit. I dropped uh gosh, he's the he got traded from San Francisco to Miami. Oh, uh, Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Wilson. I dropped him after the trade for C Mac. And then he went up and, and had a huge week in Miami and my boy actually picked him up. And I went look back, he's like, Oh, I can pick him back up again. And no, he was gone. Um, that was a tough one for me. I can't say it's too impactful because I don't think I'd be starting him right now. Um, but for, for a two week time period, I felt real bad about that. Yeah, my definitely DJ Moore was mine. I mentioned how the first, I believe five weeks of the season, he did next to nothing. I think there was one game where he had 10 fantasy points and that was cause he had a late touchdown. Otherwise he was getting me two points, three points. He was doing awful for me. I was at a, I was at a fix fixture where I needed to drop someone. I had already dropped Allen Robinson, I had to drop DJ Moore. I figured that this was when Baker Mayfield got hurt. They were bringing PJ Walker to start. PJ Walker, we know, played in the XFL. I thought they had no hope. I, the The Panthers traded away Christian McCaffrey. I was thinking this is just a team that's tanking. DJ Moore hasn't done anything all season. How is he going to do anything with a guy that belongs in the XFL? Well, I was totally wrong because literally the week I dropped him, someone else picked him up and he went, off i think he had 20 25 points not every week but he's been pretty consistent getting in the double digits range dj moore at this point with how he's been performing would have been my perfect number two guy i really struggled with the number two wide receiver i've gone back and forth like i said between alec pierce paris campbell isaiah mckenzie alan lazard none of them have been consistent or produced so i really dropped the ball when i dropped dj moore it's one of those other things, Jacob, where you're just like, why did I do that? You know? Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I can't really remember a time where I've had a horrible drop. Um, I tend to be really picky, like not dropping people. But I didn't drop Allen Robinson for way too long. It can hurt you a little bit. You know, what I'll generally do is I'll drop defenses. I'll drop kickers. Yeah. I think I had to drop the San Francisco defense at one point. Um, I did too. I had them to start the year and they were terrible at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Well, they picked it up quite a bit. I have the Eagles now, so I'm not complaining. The Eagles are always a steal in in fantasy for defenses. 
Yeah, they they really have outperformed. And I know a, p- a few people had dropped Philadelphia's defense after week one when they allowed 35 points to the Lions. People were thinking, is this more or less what we're going to see from the Eagles all, all year? Defenses is tough because I've always been one that I stream defenses. So I go, I just look for the best matchup from week to week. And if you look at the defenses I started all season, it's just been an array of defenses. Some have worked out for me. Some have not. But I'm a streamer, but I did have the Niners defense to start the season. They didn't do well week one against the Bears. They didn't do well week two. I believe they played the Seahawks, if I'm not mistaken. So I ended up dropping them, and they've just been lights out since. Something I definitely regret. I could have been just consistent with them. But, hey, what can you do? That's fantasy football for you. So you have your regrets. You have your, your times you score big. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm looking at tight ends right now. At this point in the season, still, Zach Ertz is sixth among all tight ends. That's ridiculous. And I think he's missed the past, what, three games? Yeah, I think it's longer than that. I think Yeah, maybe three. Uh, I well, actually, Arizona had a bye week last week. So I think if you count the weeks, he's missed four weeks. Wow. So, yeah, crazy. the fact that he's still sixth. Which which brings me to the next question, Jacob. We, we we recounted all of our regrets and everything, and we'll do some more specials as we hit the playoffs. But let's just preview next season. And I know we still have a few weeks ago, a lot can change in fantasy. But I think we have a pretty good idea of which players you should look out for next season. Now, before we get into that, I had an interesting conversation with people on Twitter yesterday because the general consensus was, why does everyone fall in the same trap every year of drafting the number one running back from the year before and getting totally burned. So obviously Jonathan Taylor fans are kicking themselves in the ass because I think he probably went first in 90% of the leagues and he's just been nothing but disappointment all season. So who's that running back that you think will go number one next year that people should just watch out for? I mean, it could be Josh Jacobs going number one. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. He, he's in my league. He's number one by a wide margin. He's number one by 60 points, which is basically 30 in regular leagues. Um, a guy I think will be underdrafted, though, is Cooper Cup. He yeah. could go like end of the first round, early second next year. And I would take him in a heartbeat there, right? If Cooper Cup's healthy and if Matthew Stafford is healthy and if the line is fixed, he's back to a, a 110 I mean, he could do 140 again, but but that's a dude I have my eyes on um, for next year. Yeah, I, I can't really – like, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be a top three pick for sure. He's definitely he's, – he's really not had a good pass, I'd say, three games. But before that, he was the number one running back fantasy-wise. He's still up there. I believe right now he's number five, so he has taken a little bit of a hit. But when I look at the top – running backs right now there's really not one that I can pinpoint is going to be the unanimous number one like we saw of Jonathan Taylor I always like taking wide receivers more than I like taking running backs in in the in round one I just value wide receivers more so if I have the number one pick next year I'm looking at Justin Jefferson and there's no other person I'm considering except Justin Jefferson for that number one pick what about you yeah, if I have the number one pick, I mean, I I would honestly go Cooper Cup if I had the number one pick next year. Um, I think if that dude stays healthy, there's no one in fantasy football that can compete with him. Uh, I think it's 
he was drafted pretty high. I think he was drafted around third overall this year. I mean, I agree with you on running backs. It's just so risky, right? I'd say a guy who who has a lot of consistency is Derrick Henry, right? Yeah. I mean, he that offense runs through him. You know, there's there's no if and he's been catching passes. I will give Derrick Henry credit. He has been catching some passes. Yeah, you know, I like him a lot. Barkley is okay. Nick Chubb is an interesting one. He he really hurt is hurting in my league because we play inflated PPR and he's only had 17 catches this year. Well, he's tough for PPR, that's sure, because he doesn't catch the ball like at all. Yeah. You know, a guy like Dalvin Cook could have a bounce back year, right? He may be underdrafted quite a bit. Tony Pollard's an interesting situation, right? It really depends what happens with Zeke. I mean, if he's the lead back in Dallas, I could actually see him being drafted first overall. Right. He's got some some crazy yeah. skill. He's shown it for the last five weeks that he probably should have had a bigger role the last few years. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown as well. That's an interesting situation because there's going to be a lot of worry about Jamison Williams coming in. But I don't think that's going to I don't think that's a big deal. Right. I think Jamison Wilson, he's Jamison Williams. He's going to be like a, a rookie next year. Right. And it's just it's going to take some time to develop. I, I don't see that guy going you know, eight catches a hundred yards anytime soon. You know, I could be wrong, but uh, I think Amon Ra is a pretty safe pick at the wide receiver position. Well, let's look at the rookie class. Cause you've had some star guys like Chris Olave. We said Garrett Wilson, Damian Pierce at running back, Kenneth Walker on running back. Are there any rookies from the season that you can see being a top 10 pick next season? Any rookies from this season I can see being yeah. a top 10 pick. Wow. I don't think so. No, I mean, what rookie has been best? I think Olave has been best, right? The guy I'm highest on is the Jahan Dotson, right? That dude is crazy. You know, he had a crazy touchdown last week, put a spin move on the defender near the goal line. You know, the, the thing that holds him back is the quarterback situ- situation. And then, you know, having Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, I don't even know if I'd be interested in drafting him, you know, high at all because of those, those competing wide receivers, but he's a guy eventually I think John Dotson is going to be a uh, a big-time player in the NFL, so I'll have my eye out for him for sure. I think Garrett Wilson can be borderline, definitely, maybe not maybe not in the first round, but I can see him a uh, late second round, early third round, if he keeps up the production that he's been having. But I agree with you. There's really – Chris Olave obviously stick at, sticks out. But besides Olave and Garrett Wilson, there really hasn't been a wide receiver yeah. rookie that has – just wowed the way like Jamar Chase did last year when he came into the league and he pretty much just catapulted himself to this top. Kenneth Walker is really the only rookie running back that I can see getting drafted higher than you would expect. But even him, he's just, he's still injury prone. He's still only the 18th highest ranked or highest scoring running back. So yeah, I just feel like this rookie class for for wide receivers, you could even throw tight ends there, quarterbacks. It just really hasn't been that strong like we've seen in years past. I think we're forgetting Brees Hall a little bit. Ah, that's a good point. But he's coming back from a tough, tough injury. So I think he's going to be a late rounder. I don't know if he'll be. I think he'll get higher, drafted higher this year than he was last year. True. I could see him fi- maybe fifth, sixth round. Ooh, I think he's getting drafted higher than that. It just depends if he's he's ready for the season. It's going to be an interesting situation in New York because as good as Brees Hall is, all of his replacements have been pretty good as well. Michael Carter had a few good games. What's his name? Donovan. uh, 
come in and played pretty well. Zamir so, White. Yeah, it just depends. Yeah, it depends. Um, it really depends on what the situation looks like there, and if he's fully healthy. I really don't like drafting people coming off of injuries, and I made that mistake. One of my picks was J.K. Dobbins this year, who really only played in two games, and he hasn't played in all. And I think I got him in about the sixth round last season. So I'm one. That's why I passed on Saquon Barkley. I just don't like guys coming back from injury. Yeah, drafting running backs is tough. I mean, you almost got to draft too many. But then, you know, if one of your receivers gets hurt, it's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm thin on wide receiver. What am I going to do? Um, I will say wide receivers, I think, are generally a little bit more prevalent on waivers. Yeah. Uh, I've certainly gotten some pickups this year at wide receiver. There, there hasn't really been a league-winning running back coming from waivers, um, at least as far as I know. You know, there's some guys that are good fill-ins, but no one has really – come in and take it over for an elite running back like in years past. What about quarterbacks? Because we've seen the emergence of Justin Fields and the past, you know, four or five games, he's just been electrifying how he's run. I will, I will put a caveat. He's had played some bad defenses. He's played like the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers. So he really hasn't played a defense like the Buffalo Bills, the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers. But what do you see from Justin Fields next season? Now, a lot of it's all depends on who, which free agent sign where, but is Justin Fields in your mind next season, a top five quarterback to draft? Yeah, I think he might be. I really do. I think, you know, he, he's got, he's got 905 rushing yards. I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of rushing yards. He's got eight rushing touchdowns. You know, guys like Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, they get drafted high because of that rushing ability. Jalen Hurts is a, a great example. I mean, Jalen Hurts is, is debatably MVP, right? I'd say Patrick Mahomes and him and Josh Allen maybe a little bit are the three guys who are in contention. But, yeah, I do think I do think Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is drafted actually, I'd say fifth, right? I think if you look at the list here, it's Josh Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow and Fields. And then there's a pretty significant drop off as far as I'm concerned. You know, Laura Jackson is kind of right there actually. Um, but after those six, I, yeah, Herbert is good, but, but what, what's been going on with Herbert? It's been weird. It, it, he just hasn't had a good year. I mean, I know yeah. Keenan Allen's been hurt, but. Uh, I would just be cautious of Lamar Jackson. And I've been saying this, Robert and I talked about this on our podcast yesterday. I've been just not a, a big fan of Lamar Jackson since he came in the league. Not that I dislike him as a person or a player. I just don't see the longevity of having a running quarterback like that when you're just too dependent on your legs. And you've seen the last two seasons that Lamar Jackson had a season-ending injury last year, missed the last eight games, the Ravens didn't make the playoffs. He suffered another injury this past Sunday. He might be out for the rest of the season. They're saying he's week-to-week. But I just don't see them rushing him back, especially he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. The guy doesn't want to get injured anymore. He's going to take him take time to get back. I know the Ravens are in contention for the playoffs, but when there's money on the line, I hate to say it, but money talks sometimes more than the competitiveness factor. Not saying that's Lamar Jackson, but that has to at least factor in. So for me, I just think defenses are going to figure out Justin Fields. And like I said, he's really played the lowest of the defenses the past few weeks. Maybe he has a nice end to the season. He's definitely helped my team, but I don't know if he's a guy I target. I, again, I'm like you. I like the I like the Joe Burrows of the league. I like the Pat Mahomes. 
the Josh Allen, the consistency I get. Not a guy that's really just going to rely on his legs like a Justin Fields or a Kyler Murray, who Kyler Murray also been hurt a few games this year as well as last year. So I just think with running quarterbacks, you just got to take into account that they're probably going to get hurt. They're more likely, I should say, to get hurt than your standard stereotypical pocket passers. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's flashy, but you never know when you're going to have a nine point week or a four point week from your quarterback because they got hurt. True. Right? And that's a big risk. That's a that's a loss for the week. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we head out for the day, because we have had a, this has been a really nice episode, just recapping everything. But, Jacob, I want to give get your prediction right now. You have the you have the third pick in next year's draft. Let's just say, who do you predict going one and two, and who are you drafting at number three? Okay, wow. Let me pull up some uh, some spreadsheets. Whew. I know okay. I put you right on the spot there, but you're. So on I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm taking Cooper Cup because I don't think Cooper Cup is going to go in those top three. And as I said, I'm I'm a big Cooper Cup guy. I think, you know, it's going to be two running backs. I'm going to bet Derrick Henry is the 1-1 one, one next year. Right? I think Just Derrick Henry and Saquon go 1-2. Yeah, Saquon is reasonable, but I, I think it's probably, in, in the consensus, I think it's probably someone like Eckler, right? Yeah. It could be Josh Jacobs, but I think Eckler has such a appeal in the PPR leagues. Uh, there's probably going to be a reasonable expectation that Chargers will do better this year than they did last year or next year than they did this year. I think Eckler is is the one too. It could be, you know, it could be Saquon. It could be Tony Pollard, right? If Zeke is gone, but if it's going to be two running backs, I'm going to hop in with with a hot pick of Cooper Cup and take my 12 receptions and 18 targets every week. You do love your Cooper Cup, so does that mean Matt Stafford's your quarterback again next season? Matt Stafford is always my quarterback. You know, <laughs> I've I've seen a little bit of a boost in my team since he went hurt. Got hurt because, you know, my, moral, <laughs> my morals tell me him. I don't have to start him when he's not playing. And I don't have to start, start John Wolford. Uh, I'm, 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 he doesn't have your allegiance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I will always start Stafford. You know, it puts me at a little bit of a disadvantage to some degree if he's playing as bad as he was. But last year I got him at wherever and he was, he was, he was unbelievable. So um, it is what it is. I think stacking him and Cooper Cup, though, is a, a power duo for sure. I would say if if what I believe, which is going to be Derrick Henry and Saquon go one, two, if I had the third pick, I like I said, I'm going wide receiver. I'm probably taking Justin Jefferson, even though he's not my favorite guy. You can't deny his ability, but I think I think you're good at, at, with any of the top five wide receivers, whether you, that's Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. Tyreek Hill is going to be right there. I guess you can throw Cooper Cup in, but he is still going to be coming back from injury. Jamar Chase is probably right up there too, A.J. Brown. But I really think that next year, unlike this year, where at least in my league, the first seven picks were all running back, I think next year is going to be heavy on wide receivers in the first round. Do you? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because Tyreek Hill has been you know spectacular. Um yep. And then Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs are as sure things as you can get in this league, right? But I'm going for the upside. I'm going for Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup blew all these guys out of the water last year compared to the seasons they're having right now. I mean, Tyreek Hill has a lot of yards, but, I mean, he, he's going to have, like, 120 receptions, 1,800 yards, and seven TDs. Cooper Cup basically 
you know, 20% of those numbers and then added 11 touchdowns or, or nine touchdowns. I think Cup had 16 touchdowns in the regular season. You know Stafford's going to be throwing the ball. I mean, Tyreek Hill has Jalen Waddle. I mean, that that duo is spectacular and crazy. But I just see the highest upside guy in fantasy football being Cooper Cup, without a doubt, for next year. Is there a player that you feel has, and I mentioned Justin Fields earlier for me, but is there a player you feel has been overperforming this year that is going to be drafted way too high next season that you're just going to avoid at all costs? You know, I'm sure there is. Um, let me think. A guy who who performed really well this year, who's maybe Ramondre Stevenson is a guy. That's a good take, pick. Take a yeah. step back, right? There's always a committee in in New England. Uh, I think Jamar Chase is always overdrafted. Actually, uh, I thought he was overdrafted this year, um, and I just think there's so many mouths to feed in Cincy. Right. That being said, since he could have the best offense in the NFL next year, right? Joe Burrow's no joke. And, you know, to attack my low is able to support two receivers. The the Bengals really have two good wide receivers. I mean, T. Higgins is also a guy who's overdrafted. I just think that's a really crowded team, right? Hayden Hurst is throwing up like four to six catches a game. You've got P. Ryan and Mixon catching the ball. It's a lot of mouths to feed. I think both of those guys are overdrafted next year. Yeah, I actually think Josh Jacobs will be. He is having a spectacular year. He's leading all wide, uh, excuse me, running backs in scoring. But it, I, do, he's gonna be a, he's gonna probably be a free agent if the if the Raiders don't pick up. I believe he has an option for next season. So if they don't put the franchise tag on him, I think he's gonna be he is gonna be a free agent. So yeah. He's this is a prime example of playing your best when you know you're going to have a big contract coming your way. So I think Josh Jacobs is probably going to go in the first round based on how he's been performing this year. And I'm not touching him at all in the first round. I mean, if he's on the if he's on the, the, the Raiders again, I think it's it's worth a first round pick. But if he's somewhere else, if he's somewhere like Washington, right, that that makes me worry a bit. I don't think he's going to be back with the Raiders. I think the Raiders have too much to build in. I don't think that they're going to give Josh Jacobs a long-term deal that he's looking for. They have a bunch of other problems. They're going to finish probably second to last in their division because the Broncos are that bad. I can see Josh Jacobs going to a team kind of like maybe maybe Denver, even though they have Javante Williams coming back, but they've missed with every other guy that they've been trying to employ. They really can't do anything about the quarterback situation because they're stuck with Russell Wilson. So I could see him going to like a Denver. I could definitely see him to going to another team where their running back really isn't their forte. What uh, I'm thinking of a team, maybe, maybe like Chicago, maybe Chicago. Cause David Montgomery's not really like the star on that team. Arizona. Arizona, they still have Connor. I know Connor's been hurt, so I don't think that they would shell out, you know, another deal to Josh Jacobs, but we'll see. He's going to definitely get a deal. I can even see a team that's just not have had good runners just come come out of nowhere and give him like a ridiculous contract. Who knows? Maybe Cincinnati because Joe Mixon, we don't know what the status of his health is going to be. He's been missing a lot of games. Even Pittsburgh, Najee Harris really hasn't been great. So I know that that they have that one rookie too that has come out, I believe Warren, but he's also been injured. We'll see. I don't think he's going to be a Raider next year though, Josh Jacobs for sure. Interesting. 
All right. Well, before we head out for today, Jacob, I want to thank you for joining me, but is there any last thoughts or any advice you want to give to the audience? You know, if you're vying for a playoff spot, I wish you the best of luck. That's that's all, all I'm going to be thinking about this whole week is who do I start? Who do I pick up? How the heck am I going to get more than one point for my tight end this week? Those are the questions that's on everyone's mind. So I, I wish you the best with your decisions. I'd say my best advice is don't take advice from anyone about who should, you should start, who should, you should sit. I have a prime example of a few years ago that when Derrick Henry rolled out with those two 99-yard touchdowns, a friend of mine listened that she should not play Derrick Henry and literally was sick to her stomach that Derrick Henry got like 60-something points on her bench. Oh, no. Don't take advice. Go with your gut. Go who you think's best. Don't read too many stardom sit and blogs because that just gets in your head. You start to overthink. Go with your guts. Start start the guy that you want. Maybe they don't have the best matchup, but if that's your guy, like Matt Stafford's always Jacob's guy, you go with your guy. So that's the best advice I can give heading into the playoffs next weekend. I love it. Yeah. Go ahead. That I think that's great. I think uh, it does get in your head when you read too much. You forget your own intuition, and, and that's what got you here in the first place. So uh, big decisions coming up for everybody. Wish you the best with them. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Jacob and I will be back on Thursday to do our weekly stardom sit give you guys some insight. I don't want to say advice because I just said don't listen to advice, but at least some insight who might have a good matchup, who won't who probably you should shy away from if you're unsure, not necessarily if you haven't, if you have an urge to start them or not, but Jacob and I nonetheless will be back on Thursday. Thank you so much for joining and have a great day. Bye.